Welcome to the Leadership After Hours podcast. Real talk with real leaders committed to creating better companies and a better world. Presented by Stronger Leaders, Stronger Profits with your host, Sean Patton. We're so glad you found us here at the Leadership After Hours podcast. If you're finding value in this content, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're on. This helps us reach more people and spread the modern leadership movement. Also, you don't want to miss out on a single episode. So again, make sure you hit that subscribe button and share the Leadership After Hours podcast with your friends, your coworkers, and your family so we can push the movement of the modern leader forward. All right, we're back for part two uh, with Molly Van Marth here. Uh, the last episode, we talked uh, a bit about uh, diet and nutrition when it comes to you know, people in general, but especially leaders and, and dealing with that. So let's switch to the activity side, you know, because um, mm-hmm. you mentioned busy executive. So what do you see, uh, I guess, mistakes made on that side? Like when you go into it and you're like, oh, no, what are we what, – what, 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 what am I walking into? What, what do you see those those A-type leaders' mistakes that are, they're making? Cardio. They uh, love cardio. <laughs> they like have a – yeah, a, a, a great relationship with cardio, which is not a bad thing. Right. Um, but when we're talking about toning up, most of the people that I work with want to tone up and lose stubborn body fat. So if we're talking about having good muscle tone, you need muscle mass on your body and low body fat. That's what creates like the toned look, you know, the lean look. Um, And cardio is just not something that's going to create that look. Uh, I think the other problem, and when I say cardio, I mean, it could be anywhere from like a Peloton to running, you know, and a lot of times they're like really religious with their cardio routines. Um, I brought on a guy recently that uh, when I asked him like what his, you know, current fitness routine is like, he's like, well, I do a lot of cycling. Um, Actually, I don't know that he said a lot. He just said, I I cycle regularly. And I'm like, okay, how much? And he's like about 26 miles. And I'm like, okay, so like, wow, per week. And he's like, no, every morning I get up at four in the morning and I do 26 miles. And I mean, that's, so that's what I mean. Like these people are they're, you know, really driven. What executives don't have a problem with is motivation. Mm-hmm. They're already motivated. They're really driven people and they stick to their routines sometimes even when they're not working. And right. so <laughs> when it comes to the fitness side of things, um, A, cardio is not going to be the thing that changes someone's physique to um, to be more toned. Uh, it just can't. Cardio can't build muscle mass. That's not yeah. the right kind of movement the, for that. Sometimes the antithesis of, of muscle mass. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so especially when you combine, like if you look at cortisol, like mm. if you combine like excess amounts of cardio with no sleep plus a high stress job and also not eating enough protein, which most people aren't, you have the chance of having elevated cortisol levels and cortisol makes you retain water, waste muscle, store body fat. And it's just overall not, not good, not what you want, um, you know, for health or physique purposes. So anyway, um, yeah, cardio can't build muscle. The other thing cardio does, and for some reason is it elevates your, your hunger. It makes you way more likely to crave certain things and just be hungrier in general. And if you compare it to resistance training, so stuff like lifting weights um, or machines, technically body weight exercises count as res- resistance right. too because you're moving against a force. But um, yeah, resistance exercises don't do that. They don't have a, a strong effect on hunger. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's one thing that I see executives doing a lot is a lot of cardio, not the most helpful thing. Also, like if you look at, 30 minutes of cardio 
and how many calories you're burning. Because it's true, like if you're wanting to lose weight, you have to create a caloric deficit. Mm -hmm. Essentially, your body requires so much energy per day to function. And if you eat, you know, more food than you need, your body will store that as body fat or potentially muscle, depending on what you're doing. But if you're wanting to lose weight, you need to make sure that you are consuming less than your body needs per day. And eventually your body will pull from fat stores for energy. That's what a caloric deficit is. And that's why it creates weight loss, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, when we're looking at, okay, how do we create that caloric deficit? And if we're going to focus on getting that through exercise, if you do 30 minutes of cardio, you burn, let's say maybe 300 calories, right? Versus 30 minutes of weight training, you might burn less as you're lifting weights. So maybe not quite 300 calories, but if you look at like the next 48 hours, your body is chewing through way more than 300 calories. So the net burn for resistance training is much greater compared to cardio Plus you get the benefit, assuming you're eating enough protein when you're lifting weights, you're adding lean muscle. And like you mentioned earlier, you burn more calories at rest, the more muscle you have on your body. So, yeah, that's really interesting. I, um, you know, when I look at, say you just look at sports, right? Like pick a sport. And what I find really interesting is if you look at maybe not like the top three, like, but top level athletes in the sport, they're doing this one thing usually repetitively, right? Like they're optimized for it. Mm -hmm. And so I mean, I, I used to, you know, be in the gym and fitness industry more and, and so people would come in things like cycling, right. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I mean, if you want to look like that, like, is that you want to look, well, no, I want to look like this guy. Like, well, that guy's not cycling 26 miles a morning, you know? Right. And, um, and, uh, it's, it's so funny. I think I actually just watched, um, we went to see the, uh, the comedian Nate Bargatze at Bridgestone. He played it, I think at Bridgestone, super funny. Uh, and they were talking about, you know, cyclists and, and the guys on the side of the road, the kids were talking like John Franklin, a guy cycling. And I think he just kept saying how they're like, the guys are going, but they said how like, they all have like guts. He's like, yeah. I don't know what you're, what's working for you, but it's not that. And you're wearing the tiny, you know, type of the tiny suits yeah. and all that. And, and nothing against cycling, but you know, the, you know, but if you look at, if you're like, well, I want to be, you know, say a male wants to be, uh, well, I want to be, I want to have muscle and I want to look like this. Mm-hmm. But you look at, you know, a professional, even a professional cyclist, like those dudes are like, they got giant legs and they got mm-hmm. string bean arms. It's like, well, if you want to look like that, that's fine. But, you know, they're also doing a bunch of other things besides just cycling. I totally. Yeah. And, you know, some people do want to like, for example, like I had a client recently that wanted to run, run a marathon. You're going to have to run. If, yeah. you, if yeah. your end goal is like, again, so I tell people like if there's a certain sport you want to get good at, play the sport. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so if you want to be a marathon runner, yeah, you're going to have to run. Um, if you want to be a cyclist, you got to cycle to get better at it. But it's not going to get you much other than you will become better at that thing. So, and you know, cardio does, you know, being healthy with lungs and heart, like it does help with that. It can reduce blood pressure a little bit. Uh, but the main thing with blood pressure is like people need to lose weight. People have extra weight on their bodies. The biggest thing to reduce uh, blood pressure is is losing the weight. So, um, and again, that still goes back to like probably eating properly and lifting weights to do that in the, the quickest way possible. So when you, when you, you know, with, let's just say that gen, that generic client who has the, the use case that you talked about, right. I want to mm-hmm. uh, lose some stubborn body fat. I want to mm-hmm. be toned. I want to feel better, have more energy, you know, to perform better at my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and have more energy with my family. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds like, you know, you've, we talked nutrition side, you're obviously gonna get them in some sort of resistance training. Mm-hmm. Um, what on the, uh, cardio side are you in terms of like a hit steady state cardio, different types? Um, what, what is your approach to that, you said the heart and lung side. I mean, honestly, I, most of the time I would put most of the focus on, first of all, eating properly Mm -hmm. when it comes to weight loss, like order of operations is making sure that people should be losing. This is my opinion. 
When your diet is optimized, you should be losing body fat each week from your diet alone. And my clients have that happen a lot where they will have a crazy week where they might not work out. I would never tell them to aim for that. But the reality is that happens when they're (laughs) traveling. And I have clients that travel three to four times every single week. So that absolutely happens. And that's why like before anything else, I make sure that they understand to that they know how to eat, you know, um, whether that's at their house or at an airport food court or, you know, at steak dinners with their clients. Um, and that really has to be taught as a skill. And then next order of operations would be resistance training if they have any time at all. And one of the things I do first is I sit down just like looking at their food. I look at their food logs before I tell them to change anything. Same thing with workouts. Before I prescribe a workout routine, I talk about their schedules, honestly, right. and where they're going to be working out. So like we get real with, okay, how many times a week, realistically, are you going to be doing a workout? Yeah. And sometimes it's three, you yeah. know, sometimes it's two. Yeah. Um, is and it, so, Is it going to be at the Equinox? Is it going to be at the, yeah, you know, exactly. you're at a hotel gym? Or you, yeah, where are you yeah. Gonna that? and that's why, like, some people are like, what makes you so, you know, why do you just work with executives? I'm like, because I can flex to that. You know, I have, because I'm, I'm not, you know, dishing out cookie cutter fitness plans to 600 people at one time. I'm working with a small handful of people to really show them how they need to work out for their lifestyle. I have the ability to flex to their location. So sometimes that means translating a workout routine that has been done in their home gym to a hotel if they're traveling the second part of the week. Um, But yeah, coming up with a workout routine where it's very consistent, very regular. Um, We decide how many days a week they're working out. And then putting together something that is balanced muscle group wise. So that could be an upper body, lower body split or push pull split. Um, But something that's balanced where they're actually hitting each muscle group about two times per week. Um, And then incorporating progressive overload and periodization. So like, you know, they'll have the same weekly routine for four to six weeks and then they get a new routine. But people need to know that it's not fancy. It really isn't. Like if you're talking about being efficient with your time and really seeing your body transform, you might not want to compete on stage like a bodybuilder, but you need to think in terms of a bodybuilder. Um, Because if you think about like when people are competing to go on stage for bodybuilding, they're being extremely efficient with their time. Like they only have so much time to prepare for that show. So again, doesn't mean that you have to have like a 10 pack, doesn't mean that you have to get on stage in your underwear, but like- 200 bicep curls in different ways, yeah. Correct. So- you don't have to be going for that effect, but it's smart to think logically about it. You don't want to be spending more time than you have to. So um, yeah, a, a really successful workout routine is very routine, very regular, can be done in, you know, even just three days a week when it's organized in the right ways. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is that they're they're tracking their data and pushing themselves a little bit more each week. That's progressive overload, right? Mm-hmm. So doing things like adding sets, reps, or weight lifted, and that's what transforms your body. It's mm-hmm. not just you know, working out for three hours a day in the gym, as much as people think that's what it's about. It's, no. it's really not, you know, it's well, and, and what, yeah, what executive, I mean, what any really adult has, you know, unless you, that's your full-time job to work out through, right. or, you know, even, I don't even have that time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, me either. That's, it, it, I know for me traveling, my best friends have always been, um, like some sort of suspension trainer, like a TRX or mm-hmm. something. Cause I can, and like mm-hmm. a jump rope. Cause you can just like, Do you, that you, anyway. you can pack, you can get that hygiene bag and that's, you know, if you find that's a tree you. outside or, you know, they have the, <laughs> they have the, the connections on those suspension trainers, so like your door and your off in your hotel. Mm-hmm. So like, You're I set. feel like that, I feel like that, that suspension resistance trainer, especially as someone in, as a, in martial arts and is in like the function, the functional mm-hmm. athletics of it all and all the movements. I, that's one of my favorite tools. I don't know if you, 
It's uh, awesome. Uh, yeah. Okay. Dumbbells. I feel like dumbbells are like yeah. my go-to. Yeah. Any hotel is going to have dumbbells. That's true. So. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. And, and just like not something that you have uh, that uh, has as little support by the machine and more support mm-hmm. by you. Right. Um, right. That sort of thing. So, man, that's awesome. But now, why don't we just talk more about, you know, briefly how you got this? Why, why mm-hmm. this? Why, why, why are you working with executives in this field uh, today? Mm-hmm. So, touching first on like what got me, you know, passionate with health and fitness. And then I'll talk about like kind of what transitioned into me coaching executives specifically. Um, so I, I would say like my intro to health and fitness came from honestly having eating disorders in my teens. Mm -hmm. So like turning 14, I would say about 14 through 19 struggled severely. I mean, it started off as like, you know, I stopped growing at 14, started being like, all right, like I knew nothing about diet, um, didn't have a great diet, but was an active kid. So like was not extremely overweight. It's just when I started to care about what I looked like. And it started off as like, okay, I'd, I'd like to be in slightly better shape. So started, you know, learning about calories and started like cutting some things out food wise. And then I started like running a lot and don't know if you can relate to this, but like being an all or nothing, you know, all or nothing mentality, also being a perfectionist. Also, I did a lot of art and like, I just, I see detail. And so that's like, you know, a blessing and a curse. And I think I just like took things to the extreme and it was like, all of a sudden I was like fixated on being super skinny um, and lost a lot of weight. I mean, I was down to 83 pounds, you know, that's yeah. yeah, Over 30 pounds less than where I'm at today. Um, so I think when you also like get that sick, you just can't even see properly. So yeah, it was like physically and mentally very much stuck and very stubborn too. Again, like, and this is where I relate to my executive clients, <laughs> yeah, like the perfect storm, right? It, yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. So it's, and it's that black and white all or nothing. And again, like people who are really driven and achieve a lot that works to your benefit in the right ways. But like when you're fixed on the wrong target, it's yeah. really bad. Yeah. Um, and something, I mean, I learned a lot, honestly, from like struggling through that for five years. Um, something I, I learned about coaching and something that I think has made me hopefully a better coach today is that going through, I mean, I was a a kid, you know, living with my parents. So going through treatment, there were a lot of, my parents obviously took me to doctors. They put me in different therapy. They put me in support groups. I worked with nutritionists and I remember that, First of all, I remember going to a nutritionist that was really overweight. And I remember sitting down across from her and her going like, you have to eat X, Y, and Z. And I remember looking at her going like, I'm not going to listen to you. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't care what you say. Like, I, I I don't respect you. I don't look up to you. Like, this, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do because you aren't the goal. Long yeah, story short. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so that was one thing is like, I learned that if I'm going to take advice from anybody, I have to like look up to that person for whatever mm they're advising me on. Yeah. Walk um, the walk, right? It's yeah. Self-leadership first. Yeah. Exactly. And somebody who did make a big impact on me, um, she was she had this like faith-based support group. And I remember she, first of all, like really talked to me, like she got to know me and that meant something to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought she was super cool. I was just, she had gone through eating disorders, but she was fit she, um, she had a family. I just, she did music, you know, she, she had a life going and I was like, that's pretty cool. Like I could see myself being her one day. And, um, she, I remember there was like one time when I was 
really not doing well. And we went around the circle and said how everyone was doing. And I was like, everything's fine. And she pulled me aside and was like, you're not fine. If you don't do something about this, you're not going to be here next week. Mm-hmm. And she was right. And so that was a big takeaway for me was like, I really appreciated someone who was someone I looked up to, someone who understood me and someone who was direct, you know, who will call you out on your shit. We need those <laughs> yeah. people. Especially when, you co- when it comes to coaching. Coaching. You know, you, it's so important. Gotta be, you can't be, it's, you can't be a pe- people pleaser <clears throat> and worried about that. You no. Know, you have to, or at least you have to be able to put, uh, the larger goal of that person's benefit above the discomfort of being of direct. Calling them out. Absolutely. But that I think taught me something about holistic leadership. Mm-hmm. And again, like I was like just going into coaching, like to be a good leader and to be a good coach, you have to be the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think executives realize that too. And they realize you can't really compartmentalize your life. You know, if you're letting something slide over here and you're neglecting a big part of your life, like health and fitness, you can't be holistically strong. You can't be as good of a leader as you would be, you know, compared to when you really do address that thing and you're like, you know, looking at yourself as a holistic person and really working on everything you possibly can to to be your best. And you can expect more from other people when you're doing it yourself. You know, standards are, it's got to be parallel. Um, yeah, you were, yeah, you were speaking to my, my heart right now <laughs> with this, with the leadership talk and, um, you know, that's a leader that's one of our beliefs with, you know, stronger leaders, stronger profits and, and, and the coaching we do in the consulting work mm-hmm. is really around that authentic leadership, whole person leader. We, we call it whole person leadership. Mm-hmm. And that's what people want. They, they don't, they want to be managed, you know, manage, you can, uh, you can manage something, you know, a person or a system, right. To make it more efficient inside of a system, but you can't create new human potential. You're not, you're not, change the way they think about themselves. You're not inspiring them to be, you know, mm-hmm. better. And, and, and a, a leader is not, it can't be a title. Like you can be given the manager of, you can be given the title of manager, but a leader is not, it's not, that's not a position, right? That's a, you have to be, be a leader yeah. in order to inspire other people to do that. Otherwise you're literally the, you know, do as I say, not as I do person. Mm-hmm. And no one, no one's following that. No, it's like kids, yeah. kids see through things like, mm-hmm leading a team is the same way. You know, you could you could talk all day long but like they're going to see who you are and yeah. what you embody. Yeah. 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 Couldn't agree more. And I know you as a parent, right? That's it's so funny because I said to you like leadership is like parenting because they're always watching, <laughs> right? <laughs> we don't want them to. Yeah. Uh, it's 24 hours a day. You know, you you're a leader. It's no not just like what's well, 5 p.m. I guess, you know, my my immediate subordinate is having, you know, my junior VP is having an issue with his his family, but not my problem. It's five thirty. you know, like yeah. that's not a leader. No. Um, and then, you know, then it's, it's something you, you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so health and fitness and how you take care of yourself. And of course, I, I mean, at least I, I'm not saying I don't think you are like, it's like you have to be some Adonis to be a CEO or something, no. right? Like no one's saying that, but to your point, you know, if, but if you're just not taking care of your health, if you're sick and not doing anything about it, mm-hmm. and then you're going to talk to your even if it's not around that around that area, but then you talk to your, uh, you know, your team about discipline. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't mm-hmm. think so, bro. Look at you. You know, right. that, you're, not, you're not showing me discipline. Yeah. Um, and so does, does that mean you, you can't lead a company? No, but are you your best? No, either. No. Right. Yeah. So it's something that deserves attention. Absolutely. Yeah. And people need to, I think again, going back to like ego and drive, it's, the, the greatest thing, right? Like ego drives us towards our purpose too. It can work in a beneficial way, mm-hmm. but let's say health and fitness is something you've been working on for like two, five, 10 years. Mm-hmm. 
it's time to get serious about it. Mm-hmm. Invest in it. Yeah. Be intelligent with like how you're looking for the next thing to try. And, you know, if buying the Peloton didn't do it, it might be time to look at mentorship, yeah. like real mentorship. Um, people need to treat it as seriously as they treat their vacations, you know, as they treat their cars, yeah. as they take care of their kids. Because you yeah. can't take care of people better than you take care of yourself. You just can't. Yeah. And that goes for great, the teams that people lead and their families. And, you know, it's wild. Like, again, talking about different compartments of life, right? Like you've got work, you have like your spouse or relationships, kids, yourself, uh, you know, whatever your friends, right? Health isn't a compartment. It's the foundation mm-hmm. on which everything sits. Everything. Yeah. I mean, pick something, you know, your relationships are going to be affected by your health, like mm-hmm. the physical condition of your body. Mm-hmm. And if, if you aren't um, feeling like you're sacrificing in your relationships, your, your partner might be mm-hmm. right. Energy with your kids, you, you absolutely cannot keep with keep up with your kids as well as, you know when you're overweight 20 30 pounds overweight compared to if you were in better shape again yeah. just embodying leadership with your teams they yeah. see it people see that well and, and to your point too to go back to is not having to be Adonis or you're not having to be perfect like a leader people don't expect the leader to be perfect or anyone to be perfect mm-hmm. but you know, that's, but I really stress the process, right? So if say you go into a position, you're like, look, I've been taking care of myself. You know, maybe I'm 80 pounds overweight. Maybe I'm really struggling and I'm not feeling good and, and I want to be better for my team. And so they see you put in the work, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's not, you don't have to be there, right? Mm-hmm. But you can, you can recognize it. And, you know, I know for me, what's more inspiring than seeing the the perfect physique of the person who's been in the gym for 20 years well, is the person I can tell is in the middle of the journey. Totally. The person who's the person who is at the gym, even though, you know, they don't feel comfortable with the way mm-hmm. they look. You know, when I owned my gym, that was like the most inspiring thing when I, when I had my, my gym was again, I mean, it was cool to see somebody who's like a gymnast or something crazy or some crazy crossover, you know, whatever that was all, that was cool too. But what really got me was the, uh, you know, the, the teacher or, you know, the, the, the preacher or the doctor who realized like, man, I've been telling people to like get serious about their health. and like, I'm pre-diabetic now. Mm-hmm. And you could see them in there, um, putting in the work and starting that, even though you knew that was outside their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And so I think that seeing leaders do hard things, mm-hmm. um, and struggle through, but keep pushing is, you know, just, it's just inspiring and even more inspiring because it's relatable to the people around them mm-hmm. versus, you know, the outcome. Mm-hmm. Also to, to add on to that, it's going to be a struggle at some point. Like if you've got a serious amount of weight to lose, like there's going to be a point to where it's like, this is hard, but I'm going to push through it. However, where I see executives sometimes mess up mm-hmm. is that they get caught in the struggle where they're like, I'm going to keep going to the gym no matter what. Like I was just talking to you a second ago off camera was like, People need to realize if they're going through these big phases of like weight loss and weight gain and weight loss and weight gain, yo-yo dieting specifically, your body keeps track of that. And it becomes more efficient at storing body fat and less efficient at losing it every time you go through one of the cycles. Mm. So people need to realize that, yes, the the process of getting in shape is going to take work. It's going to be hard at some point. But don't run yourself into the ground and tell yourself that that's the process. Like, and that's that's where I come in and where I'm happy to help with some of this stuff is by showing people work smarter, not harder. That's a phrase that I'm like, yes. You know what I mean? It's it's almost like show up no matter what, but make sure you have the right strategy. And yeah. you get that with – and that goes for business. It's crazy because like executives – it's not crazy, but I, I, I like – I should say I like that executives recognize that with business. They understand – 
They would never say like, hey guys, let's have a great year. We're all going to work really hard. We're going to show up every day and we're going to be better than we were last year. That's like vague. That's kind of what it's like when people are like, I'm going to go to the gym no matter what. And I'm just going to like really apply myself and hope that something happens. You know, and if that works for somebody, great. But when people have struggled with it for years and they are like – trying to diet and it's not working and they're going to the gym and they're not losing weight, that's where it's like you have to stop and look for ways of outsourcing help because yeah. um, it's worth it to figure it out as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's that's really good. Um, well, this has been awesome. Uh, it was great to chat with you and uh, I love what you do for your clients and, and you're great at what you do. Um, if people want to get a hold of you or learn more about, you know, your services, like where can they find you? Mollymakesmuscle.com. Uh, easy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, my name's Molly Van Marth and there's, there's lots of ways of contacting me. Molly Makes Muscle is my Instagram handle for now. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on today. This was a great, uh, a great time. We'll have to do it again soon. Definitely. So much to talk about. <laughs> so Thanks so much. much. Thanks so much for having me. Really enjoyed it. Of course. If you enjoyed that episode, please hit the subscribe button and share the Leadership After Hours podcast with your network. The world is crying out for leaders of character and people deserve to be led well. We all need to build businesses that develop people and profit. If you know a great leader that needs to be on the podcast, please reach out to us and our podcast producer, Aaron, will get back to them. It's Aaron, E-R-I-N at SLSP.biz. For a better tomorrow, build a new leader today.